you're very welcome along to the gardening program here on Midwest Radio on the Saturday morning. Porik, good morning good to morning, you. Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. Yes, we are going to talk uh, about lots of things because the weather has been so good been for excellent. the garden. Uh, yeah. So loads of things that people can be at. I have a list as but long we, as my arm. We have a list as long, and the arm is long. <laughs> Mine isn't that long, but yours is longer. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about a very interesting initiative uh, that you have going at Horkins at the moment, or about to start, I it's think. It's going to start next weekend, so September the 26th and 27th. So not this weekend, so it's starting next weekend, next Saturday and Sunday. It's going to right through, run right through until Christmas. and um, And it is? Well, we've had such a fantastic year in the in the garden centre this year, and all garden centres have. And we thought, well, how could we give back? And um, some of our fellow uh, artisan producers and craft people around Connacht have been finding it difficult in, in terms of getting locations to actually a lot of the farmers markets. Um, they're not as active as they have been. Mm. So we've what we've put together. We've reached out to artisan producers and craft people right around Connacht, and we have over forty lined up uh, wow. between now and, and Christmas. So every weekend from next weekend, from September the 26th, every Saturday and Sunday in Horkins in Turlock Castle Bar we will have 10 to 11 arts and craft and food producers displaying their wares um, and chatting to people and having their produce for sale within the centre. So we're giving the space free, free of charge to to um, all or, or to the list of mm. arts and producers. Um, the book is full now at the moment, okay. so we've enough we've enough we've, uh, enough, we've enough interest at the moment. But it's everything from kind of wood turners, wood craft people, um, Cara crafts from Balcara coming down to us. Um, you know, food producers that are into their jams and their chutneys Lovely, and all of that. And the perfect time of the year for that. Yeah, chocolate. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so thought, what time are we on us again? I, I thought that would spark your interest. And people that are doing, you know, kind of arts and cards and, and um, gifts, upcycle lamps and all that sort of things, handmade soaps. and So something for everyone. So it's a way of giving back. So we're going to do that from uh, Saturday, next Saturday. So the 26th to 27th. And then every weekend, every Saturday and Sunday, and Sunday. from there on, right through on running up to Christmas. Um, so it's going to be something different and something for people it to bring the kids out and we have yeah, the space loads of space in Turlock so it's an ideal venue for it and, and obviously all the good social distancing will be in place but there's plenty of room plenty of space and it gets people out and about uh, so we'll chat more about it over the next um, I'll, re- I'll remind yeah. you next weekend but it's going to kick off so from the 26th and it's something too and it's a free event free for people to come and, and uh, have a browse or yeah, purchase something yeah, and support maybe, somebody local exactly it's all about that and, and supporting the community and, and it's a way it's a very simple way for Hawkins to be able to give back and give the space and um, and obviously anything that's sold on the day goes back to the producers, the producers themselves. themselves yeah so we're just facilitating um, the event and giving them the covered space and, and they'll be close to the restaurant area so it's just an ideal venue really okay um, and so I'm like looking be, forward yeah, to it yeah a lovely buzz absolutely yeah. I always think of those events um are just wonderful uh, and some places you know do them really well and it can be a really pleasant couple of hours and hours, exactly. meeting the odd person along the way yeah. and as I said you know of course we're advocating the social
social distancing. That isn't a question at all. Um, but yeah, it does just allow a little bit of interaction. Yeah, and these and are all small, small producers, people, all making stuff at home. Mm. And, and uh, so their wares will be available. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to myself. Some very interesting craft people, okay. um, all sorts of things. Dying to hear about yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I'll fill you in a little bit more. The other thing I thought we'd do, Deirdre, mm-hmm. today, the weather is promised so good right up until Tuesday. It's absolutely fantastic gardening weather. I spent a, a, an hour or two my, myself yesterday evening well uh, tipping around the garden. Lots more to do today. But the type of thing, so I, I kind of put a list together of things that people can be doing. And we chatted last week uh, in particular about the Japanese onion sets and garlic. Um, so the planting of autumn veg. I know it seems a funny time to be planting vegetables we associate it with the springtime. But things like the Japanese onion sets and shallots. There's some lovely varieties like Jermore, um, which is a lovely um, sweet shallot and Griselle, which is that banana-shaped uh, shallot, that kind of large banana-shaped shallot. They're planted at this time of year, as indeed garlic is planted at this time of year. But also plants like broccoli. There's a lovely variety called redhead, which is the purple redheaded sprouting broccoli, which you plant at this time of year and harvest through kind of late winter, spring of, of next year. Cabbage pixie and all the, the salad crops are planted this time of year. Spinach. So the plants of those can be planted into the garden soil at the moment. And indeed, the temperatures at the moment are ideal for seed sowing. You'll see it in your own garden, all the, the bits of weeds beginning to pop back up oh, again. I think I might have noticed them. A little bit right. of germination going on. So the sowing of seed directly out of doors can be done at this time of year and I did mention last week things like the beetroots and radishes but any of the autumn and winter salad leaves can be sown at this time of year directly out of, of, of doors and speaking about sowing seed, mm-hmm. wildflower seed, this is the time of year we sow wildflower seed, the sowing of lawn seed as well so for listeners that want to repair a patch or, or just want to sow a new lawn, weather conditions, soil conditions are absolutely perfect at the moment um, it's also the time of year for planting up colour. Some of the summer bedding is beginning to go over a little bit. So if you want to just add colour for autumn, winter, spring yeah. of next year, this is the time of year. So if you've got window box and hanging baskets or even planted containers, dump out the old soil, use that compost somewhere maybe in the vegetable garden. Those plants will die back into the soil and the compost is perfectly usable elsewhere in the garden but put in a layer of maybe four inch layer of compost into that plant some tulips some dwarf tulips something like red riding hood or cape cod would be lovely they're dwarf they'll only grow six inches high perfect for window windowsills window boxes or patio planters or indeed hanging baskets over that put another layer of compost, then a layer of crocuses, so something like mixed crocuses or Goldilocks that I featured Sounds last fun. week, and then above that another layer of compost. So this is what we call the lasagna effect. You're building it up in layers. Yeah. So a layer of tulips, a layer of crocuses, and then right on top you plant the winter flowering cyclamens, the lovely violas which are in flower at the moment, winter pansies, primulas, double daisies, a lovely silver plant um, I spotted in the garden centre this morning called Cineraria, which holds its silver foliage right through the winter and right into next year. It's a perennial little plant. It only grows six inches in height but it's lovely dotted in. So it, it's, it's, it's called, called Cineraria C- Silver Dust. Cineraria. Cineraria with a C. Cineraria Silver Dust. It's got this silver foliage which it holds all winter long and um, it, it was kind of a note to myself to, I'm going to plant up a bed with some of it. Sounds fab. With other 
plants um, this year. So there's a, a wide range of plants. So that lasagna felt that the bulbs are, are obviously going to root and start to grow over the winter period and reappear then in springtime. So you'll have the crocuses forcing their way up through the cyclamen and the pansies from February onwards and then the tulips will give fantastic colour in March and April of next year. So that can be done. So autumn, winter, spring colour with patio planted plenty of flowers and bulbs use a mixture of bulbs and it's kind of a project the kids something you could do out in the back garden get a couple of hours of fresh air and go out a couple of containers yeah. and do them up with the bulbs and there's such a such an easy and pleasurable thing to do and within half an hour you'll have an hour yeah. you'll have a couple of containers planted up so this is the time of year for adding that little bit of color uh, to the garden it's also i mentioned the, the bulbs and it's the time for planting tulips yeah, in particular you brought in a big uh, collection oh, with there's you such today a range yeah. of, of a thing look at this one this is so one called Arabian Beauty. Oh, Isn't that fantastic? Stunning, it's stunning. It's purple and yellow. yellow. It's a two-tone variety. Um, but there's some great variety, dwarf varieties like Cape Cod, Red Riding Hood that I mentioned. Um, some some with the really bright colours. This is Solar Flare, which is a beautiful cut flower, um, really large so tulip. These are all tulips that we're all talking tulips. about now. Such an easy variety. Yeah, but Tul- such but such variety within that. So the the one, the Arabian Beauty, the purple and yellow That's one that we're talking about, is kind of what I would call the traditional style tulip that okay. kind of is uh, kind of straight up, whereas the Arabian one there is a little different in so- that it's it's a more open uh, the flower. Flare, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real open, it's like a peony rose. It's a really open one mm. and, and it, it does really well for cutting. It's got quite a nice long stem. That's Cape Cod, the, the one that the I'd one. use for for containers. Beautiful. Uh, Tinka, which is a two-toned one as well. Look at this, loads of them. They're all available in garden centres at the moment. It's a really good time of year for planting bulbs in general, not just tulips, but all the traditional bulbs and, um, you know, a a super time. And super soil conditions, really, for planting them at the moment. Climbers can be planted at this time of year as well. And we're coming into the time of year where the lovely uh, Virginia creeper and Boston ivies will be showing their colour. But this is a great time of year for planting climbers because many plants produce their roots they continually root over the winter period so even though they don't look like they're doing anything above the soil they're continually rooting and establishing a very strong root base in preparation then for spring growth so autumn planting be it trees hedging uh, climbing plants shrubs in the garden autumn is always a great time to actually plant plants simply because they initiate their roots they develop a really strong root system and therefore they're ready then for the spring so rather than I would always prefer to plant in autumn rather than springtime because you you have more established plant um, as well so a great time of year for planting climbers in general if you wanted something that would actually flower through the winter there's a lovely Mm -hmm. clematis called winter beauty I planted it in my own garden probably two years ago and it has just ramped across they're going up through an ivy and I'm actually cutting it back at the moment but it flowers through the winter period so it comes into flower in November and flowers through till April next year and it's got these lovely nodding white flowers the foliage is evergreen which is unusual for clematis so it retains its leaf and it's such an easy variety to grow and particularly I've used it up through an ivy plant because ivy is lovely Mm. all right, but it doesn't flower so the winter beauty then adds that little bit of flower colour and it also retains its leaf in winter Planting trees, we mentioned the malice last week, but it is this autumn is a great time to plant any broadleaf tree, um, and I also think it's a nice thing if you want to mark an occasion or just to to plant a tree in the garden. Um, it, it's great for biodiversity. 
lawns in particular, it, my advice, and it's great to see so many people have cut their lawns this week, you, mm-hmm. you need to be cutting them at least once a week at the moment. My advice is really to raise the blade now one level. So don't cut the grass too tightly because you encourage moss growth. Um, so the more you shave the lawn, the the bigger increase, the more you encourage moss over the winter period. So raise those blades a little bit, but continue to mow at least once a week. And it is the time of year, particularly with the wet August, to put on the moss control. So put on a little bit of zero now. And um, if you do it in the dry weather, you're nipping the moss before it becomes a problem. So rather than leaving the problem over to the springtime, treat it now with the zero and get rid of it. And it's also a good time of year. I did mention the reseeding, but also uh, in terms of feeding your lawns. And wildflowers, again, uh, and uh, mixed with, with kind of spring bulbs, it's a good time for planting those as well. So they're the type of things. It's really a tidy up the garden. This is a good time of the year as well. What I was doing last night mm. was actually hoeing the weeds. Okay. Get out and scuffle the weeds off. In dry weather like this, you know, an hour spent hoeing the weeds, they'll die within half an hour. And, um, you know, there's great satisfaction. In seeing them. There is. And yeah, you know, the, few, the few things that are, are struggling or competing against them get, exactly. a, get a bit of a chance to... Yeah, because they're yeah, last a bit longer. And if you leave those weeds they're going to be a source be a, for next yeah, season. So hold them off now. It's a good time of year, September, early October, to eliminate Brilliant. weeds in the garden anyway uh, whether you're using a, a treatment or whether you're, you're just doing a physical mowing. So it's those sort of jobs. The trimming of hedges as well. Teresa was telling me when I came in that she's trimmed her, the lower hedges and this is the time of year. Um, Teresa I think has to get a gold star. I'm almost envious of all that's been done. Well she told me that, that she spent the week <laughs> gardening. There's nothing else to be done in the garden. Garden. She's looking for something to do in her Mine's garden. Mine's available too. <laughs> so, so the uh, hedges, the trimming of hedges, uh, beech hedging, laurel hedging, um, all hedges, Grisolinia, uh, September is a great time. Just a light trimming back, take up a couple of inches, just tidy them up for mm. the winter. There'll be very little growth um, from now on, so they'll have that nice, tight, neat appearance for the rest of the winter period. So no he- heavy pruning, but certainly a light trimming back on hedges. And in general, the deadheading of plants. So if you've got... Um, um, any you know pl- plants in the garden that may be going over the flowers are beginning to fade now and producing seed it's a good idea to trim them back tidy them up uh, roses should still be dead headed and roses will still bloom particularly with this bit of good mm. weather now they'll come back into flower again back into growth again and you can have flowers through October November and often even up to December yeah I've seen a couple of very even in my own garden I have one and it's doing it's all of a sudden it's just come back into full flower it well, looks gorgeous go. and I've seen a few others and gardens and they, yeah that you can see kind of almost a second breast of, of, growth. of growth on them all. Yeah and you mm. will get that if you, if you, particularly if you've deadheaded them earlier and you've given them a little bit of a feed mm. that encourages some yeah. new growth and it's not too late to do that. So it's very much this time of year it's just tidying up the garden, it's getting rid of the weeds, it's the sowing of seeds, the sowing of bulbs and the sowing of autumn colour in particular like I mentioned doing that lasagna effect with a mixture of bulbs and, and spring colour yeah. um, and also a great time to plant if you, if you were intent to plant some trees or shrubs or hedging. Autumn is always a good okay. time to um, plant. And also you're getting outside into the fresh air. Exactly. And Isn't that the key we'll be thing? inside long enough, I'm we quite are. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the lasagna effect, I really love the idea of that because uh, not only, I suppose, are you giving yourself a good head start, and, and but you'll have such variety as they come up and, exactly. and change. So it's something not, to look it's not to. something that is going to be constant or, you know, the same throughout. You'll have that wonderful change as the different bulbs come into flower over the coming months. And you could really go to town it if you wanted. I mean you could start a a patio pot with narcissi right at the bottom Mm. of the pot then do a layer of tulips over that then do a a layer
layer of, say, scented hyacinths above that, then do a layer of crocuses, then do a layer of snowdrops, okay. and then do a layer of winter aconites. So and you'll, that, you'll have colour from December right, right through, through until April or May of the following year. So if you really want to do just do a whole bulb collection. But if you're doing window boxing containers, the dwarf tulips in particular and the crocuses work really well. And and remember that the rest of the plants are still are no, flowering, flowering from, yeah. so from the now. the cyclamens and those cyclamens, winter pansies. Violas, they'll be in flower and continue to flower till next April or May of anyway. Fantastic. So Forest Flame is going to be our first port of call this morning, indeed. Uh, And my daughter has a Forest Flame that isn't doing good. The soil isn't good. She has cut it back a good bit uh, to see what happens. Or could she cut it back a a bit and and see what happens? Well, uh, the problem is the soil. So trimming it back and and Forest Flame responds well to trimming back. But that's not going to make it any happier. So it's about the soil quality. Forest Flame, first of all, needs an acid soil, an ericaceous type of soil, which is a moory, peaty type of soil. And you can get a, 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 some compost that is ericaceous. So my advice would be to, you can actually lift the plant. If it's a relatively young plant, even at this time of year, you could dig it up out of the ground and redo the soil. A bit of organic matter if you had some old mu- mushroom compost or, or garden mm-hmm. compost or um, farmer manure, which is acidic in nature, and add some ericaceous compost as well uh, into the soil and really improve the soil. Spend a bit of time getting the soil right and the plant will respond then perfectly fine. Or indeed Forest Flame does very well in pots and containers using the ericaceous compost and ericaceous feed mixed together. Get a nice big terracotta pot and plant it into that and it'll be happy for many years. Will it? Oh absolutely, yeah. It it does really well because it's not an overly vigorous plant and it is a plant that responds well to pruning and you'll hear me in the spring always advising to prune it back, particularly after the first flush because it comes in with a second flush if you give it a trim back. So it responds very well to pruning but in this instance it's the soil that's the problem so correct the soil by either putting into a big pot with her acacia's compost and fertilizer or improve the soil that it's currently in because otherwise it's just not it's happy. happy. And it true. happy. And when any of us aren't happy, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're not performing. No, a bit of bruning never works. No, uh, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, can I just ask, when you say a, a large container or a big pot, how big? What, well, can we have dimensions, roughly? Y- y- you can you can repot every couple of years. So mm-hmm. you can start it in a pot that's maybe 18 inches, the, the mouth of the pot, 18 inches in diameter by okay. maybe two feet high. And that it'll be happy in that for several years. And then move it on into a larger terracotta ba- pot or an oak barrel, something, you know, that might be three feet wide yep. by two feet deep. So you want something with reasonable volume because you don't want to be changing it every year. But start as big a pot as, as possible. Okay. Good drainage in the bottom of the pot. Get yourself some ericaceous compost and some ericaceous fertiliser in your local garden centre. Mix it all up and bang in the, the forest flame and it'll be perfectly happy. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, let's move along now. Uh, sorry. Uh, I see where I've got a bit of a mixture there. Um, so... The forest flame onto tomatoes that have gone black and hard and there's a type of fungus mm. growing on them. Well, did you know that there is actually black tomatoes? There are varieties that are... Are there? And when I say black, I mean they are pitch black. Black, really? So there's one called indigo rose that is a a, 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 um, a, a dark black uh tomato, so it, it produces black tomatoes and there's another one called Black Prince <clears throat> which is kind of a purpley black as well, but I'm not suggesting I, that this is <laughs> <laughs> this I was going to say I thought I'd throw that don't, out there. I don't <clears throat> think that's the issue here. And the black tomatoes generally don't have a very good flavour, but they're just more novel right. more kind the of heritage varieties. Kind of yeah. so, so tomatoes pick up a black marking which is called bottom end 
blossom rot. So it's a rotting, it's kind of a black um, a black kind of patch on the bottom side of tomatoes. And it's more, it's not a disease as such, it's down to the growing, the physical growing conditions of tomatoes. So basically what happens is, and particularly in a year like this where you get kind of very mixed weather, if the plants dry out at any stage and mm. then are heavily watered, it causes the lack of calcium getting to the actual fruit and that causes this bottom end rotting. Um, So it's very, very kind of distinctive. It's basically a brown patch or black patch on the bottom of the tomatoes. Now the tomatoes are still usable. You just cut off the piece that's been affected and if they, once they turn red, you can still use the fruit. It doesn't physically damage the, or, or, or alter the taste of the healthy part, the tomato, but it does make them look unattractive. Um, And it tends not to affect all the fruit. So those with the bottom end uh, uh, rosh, you can just simply slice that off and, and use them and the, the other tomatoes will be perfectly fine. The little bit of fungus on them, it could be a little bit of grey mould or grey mould generally comes mm. around this time of year. And look, you're going to be picking your tomato. They're coming to the end of their they season. Are, yeah. So just harvest the crop would be my advice and uh, don't bother spraying or, or doing anything with them. Just take off what you can now. Right. Save what you can. Any green tomatoes will turn to red. So if you harvest them, you know, and, and collect them, put them into a brown paper bag, they will they will ripen yeah. within two or three weeks. So it's the time of year really for collecting up the tomatoes now and kind of putting it to bed. Okay, <clears throat> perfect. I have several calla lilies in pots, dark calla lilies in pots. Lovely. Should I put them in a tunnel? Well, it's not necessary. You can do if you want to overwinter them. So I presume the, the listener has bought probably the bulbs. That, so you, calla lilies come in. We're, we're familiar with the lovely white one, the common arum yeah, lily. Yeah. But they come in a whole range of varieties. Uh, there's a lovely one called Picasso, which is a speckled one. But there's also dark flowering ones as well. Um, potting them up in containers is a good idea. You certainly put them into the tunnel and keep them there for the winter period and replant them then as you see new growth in early spring. Um, so if you've got a tunnel, why not overwinter them? as it were. Uh, Just keep them moist over the winter. They will remain dormant. They'll kick back into growth in the tunnel probably in March and then in April you can plant them out into the garden soil and they're perfectly hardy. They come back year after year, um, the the black varieties. Now, what would you (coughs) recommend for pots for a grave in a very exposed and windy area? We're looking for something that will last over winter if possible. So winter colour, so winter heathers would be really good. So varieties like Merton Ruby or Kramer's Red, they tolerate the wind. The flower buds are on them at the moment and they'll come into flower coming up to kind of November from November right through till April of the following year and underneath that you could plant some of the dwarf bulbs because bulbs will force themselves up themselves up through the heathers in early springtime so some of the real short dwarf bulbs would, would work here as well. Double daisies would also work really well they tolerate the wind and, and um, the coldness really well and they're available as little plants now they'll give you colour through the winter but they'll give you a lot of colour uh, next spring violas would be good as well they're quite short so violas winter heathers the double daisies that cineraria silver dust that I mentioned mm. that silver leaf plant that's great in the wind it really tolerates does great in seaside areas and is it gives you that kind of bunch of silver foliage uh, right through the winter. Um, so th- those sort of plants would work very well. Sounds super. Now, mm. here's an interesting question. Can you plant wildflower seeds directly into the ground without digging it? You have some experience in this, I do, you? yeah, I do. Uh, hands up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll totally confess. Uh, I've discovered no listener you can't uh, I think you probably need to dig but it's not a successful bit. yeah I mean, it, yeah, a few of them germinated but it was yeah. it, it didn't look like it did on the box 
The yeah. picture, yeah. yeah. So you're better, like any seed, when you're sowing the, the seed of any plant, it's better if you can prepare a seed bed. So ideally, when you're putting in wildflowers, try to eliminate any existing vegetation that's there. If there's any grass or weeds or rubbish that's there, try to have clean soil, relatively clean soil. Rake that over so that you're making a, a little bit of a seed bed. And even if you have to put down a little bit of compost, do that. So just prepare the soil. The weather conditions are perfect at the moment. And this is nature's time for sowing wildflower seed. If, so if you look at the hedgerows, all of the wildflowers are producing their seed at the moment and that's being cast. So now is a perfect time for sowing wildflower seed. So prepare your seed bed, sow, sow the seed into it. And then once it's sown, plant some bulbs in as well. So it's lovely to have the bulbs because most of the wildflowers won't come into flower until June late May, June sort of period and flower then through up to this period okay. but if so if you plant some of the spring bulbs particularly the short varieties like like the uh, winter aconites and the snowdrops and the bluebells they'll be beautiful and they will come back year after year and the whole thing works really well together the other thing I actually meant to mention was at this time of year we sow the seed of green manure so if you've got a piece of the ground, say a vegetable patch that you don't intend to plant anything in, then my advice is to put in some of the green manure. So basically what this is, is, is seed. Okay. It's sold as green manure. So if you go into your local garden centre and ask them for green manure, they come in different varieties. This is a beautiful flowering, flowering variety. One, yeah. So it comes in a whole mixture of colours. So what they basically do is, and there's loads of seeds in a packet, so it covers quite a big area. But what you do is you just rake the soil, you chuck them on, a bit like the wildflower seed. They germinate within a couple of, of um, weeks or even within 10 days. And they cover the soil, suppressing the weeds. But more importantly, they add nutrition to the soil. So you dig them into the soil, normally in the springtime. So you allow them to grow over the winter. And then in February or March, before you sow your spuds for next year, or your carrots or whatever, you simply dig the soil Sorry. over, burying the green manure into the soil. And they add much needed nutrition. Okay. So they generally add nitrogen or potassium or phosphorus or lots of trace elements as well. So it's a nice organic way of keeping your veg patch relatively weed free, yeah. because these will compete with the weeds, but more importantly they're going to add nutrition to the soil okay. and um, they come in a whole range of different varieties. I see that that's one's mustard. It's mustard when, so when you actually crop, crop it, it yeah. it tastes like mustard. mustard you can huh? use it, you can, it's edible, you can use it yeah. in sand, but it's a great green manure as well and this one has a range of, of different colours in it, different flowering plants in it as well. Um, so they're available in, in your local garden centre. It's a great time to sow them and it's particularly suitable for veg areas that you're just not going to bother with for right. the yeah. winter. Yeah. You don't want to be planting in but you want to keep them tidy, tidy. at the same yeah. time and add some nutrition. They can be planted. Sounds so going back to the wildflower yeah. seed this is the time of year. And remember wildflower seed comes in a whole range of different varieties so I brought a pack in last week that was a dwarf variety that only grow, mm. grew 18 inches but there were 30 or 29 different varieties of seed perennial seed in it. There's wildflower seed for shaded areas, for banks and slopes, some that are scented that can be cut, um, some that grow the traditional tall meadow grass mm. and others that only grow a foot high. So right. depending on the area, there's wildflower mixes. For, yeah. for, for all occasions, yeah. as they say. But this is the time to sow them. Okay, we'll go from, move from wildflowers to dwarf trees, which are, uh, I suppose, more of an urban type of a thing. Yeah. Uh, somebody looking for suggestions for, for a dwarf tree for a courtyard? 
Okay, well, this, yeah, it's, it's a great question. Lovely. Japanese maples spring to mind straight away. So if you want something slow growing and, and really attractive, I love the Japanese maples. I mean, they come into leaf in, in early spring and hold their foliage colour right through. They're still in full leaf at the moment and they go fantastic autumnal colours from kind of uh, October onwards. They're absolutely beautiful. Japanese maples come in a whole range of different colours as well. Purple leaf varieties, some with dissected leaves, some with green leaves, some with yellow leaves um, and they all tend to have that lovely autumn colour. So they would work really well and they grow well in pots and containers or in the garden soil and they're totally hardy. Something different and maybe a little bit more unusual would be the tree ferns. The oh, I think they're gorgeous. They're fabulous. Yes. Very slow growing. Um, so generally what you want to do with tree ferns is to buy as big a plant as you can afford. <laughs> and because they're slow growing, they tend to be a little bit expensive, but they're fabulous. So you get this bare stem or trunk, um, tropical type trunk with beautiful fronds that, that emerge in early spring. They're still on the plants at the moment and will stay on them until November. But they give that kind of tropical, ferny, um, you know, jungle type feel to the to the courtyard and they tend to do very well in courtyards because they need a sheltered area and they also need some shade so that would be really good camellias would also work really well in a courtyard they'll tolerate the shade you could put them up against the wall of the courtyard mm-hmm. grow them on the wall if you want to make a lovely climbing plant as a, as it is you know as a wall shrub more than anything else and again they flower they're evergreen they flower in the springtime there's quite a wide yeah. range of so it depends what they you know what height of tree they want the Japanese maples are nice and short and compact and the tree firm ultimately will grow 10 or 12 feet but very very slowly um, and camellias are, are, are lovely as well uh, liquid amber is quite a nice tree if you want something with maybe a little yeah. bit more height and you know, give you that lovely colour then Lovely autumn well. colour yeah. thing. So there's lots of really good plants. Okay. And is now a good time to repot an African daisy? Yeah, it's a, it's a good... To, if it's in a pot and you want to move it on into a into a larger pot, yeah, it's, it's actually a good time of year for repotting lots of plants. Okay. So if they're in pots, even houseplants, this is September, is a good time to repot houseplants and, and start them off again. Um, so, yeah. Be African daisy can be moved this time of year. Okay, now, so we're going to turn our attention to some of the WhatsApps, Porik, and yep. we have a picture of a sedum, I yep. do believe, uh, only because they've told us. Uh, good morning, <laughs> Brita. Uh, so she's wondering um, what can we do to revive the sedum? It's about 12 years old and it's in a pot. Yeah, and I wonder it's in the same pot for the last 12 years because it's, it's looking, it's it's flowering beautifully. Yeah. But the leaves are, it should be a darker green leaf. So this is the ice plant. You often hear me chatting about this because it comes into flower in the autumn. It's a really good perennial plant that comes back year after year and tends to multiply. You can see how it completely filled the pot here. It's just hungry. It's okay. a little bit starved. Right. So breeders should um, either transplant it out into the garden soil and it grows perfectly well out of doors. What sedums like is free-draining soil a sunny location and apart from that they flower beautifully every year. Now they die back after flowering and re-emerge next year again and it's a plant that I recommend that you do the Chelsea chop with. So when it re-emerges in springtime in May give it a light trimming back because it otherwise it tends to fall over because the flowers are so heavy. heavy. Yeah, but it's a really lovely plant and the bees love that plant in autumn. It's a really great bee plant. plant. So it's sold as Sedum Spectabiles or Sedum Autumn Joy um, and and a lovely plant. And it gets the name the ice plant because the... In, in, particularly in, in uh, autumn when the, the when the um, dew goes on the leaf it's like ice on the leaf it's got that kind of oh, rubbery okay. succulent so leaf it, yeah, a really lovely from. plant so breeders should transplant it out into the 
garden soil. You can also split it up, but there's a plant that you could divide into several pieces yeah. and plant elsewhere. Now, we have a photograph of a bushy juniper tree uh, that I want to cut back and prune back as it's too big. How and when can I do this to avoid the unsightly wood being exposed? Well, springtime. So this is a lovely juniper, a lovely kind of bluish green juniper. Um, like many conifers, they don't tolerate heavy pruning. Um, but having said that, junipers, you can do, you know, you can certainly take six inches of growth off the plant. It's kind of coming out on the pathway mm. here. Um, now, it's... Um, so, so the time to prune it, if, if you cut it now, obviously it's going to have that cut look for the winter. So my advice really is to leave it over till March or April. Cut off about six or seven inches from the plant, give it a feed and it will kick back into growth again. Okay. And uh, Michael is in Swinford and he's wondering when is the best time of year to settle lupins? Well, you can actually sow the seed, Michael, for lupins now, as, as you can with many perennial plants. So you get a couple of packets of lupin seed. There's a lovely variety called Lulu that grows quite a short variety or if you want something tall go for the Russell hybrid variety so you can sow them from seed now you, if you get some plants from your local garden centre you can plant the plants out of doors now uh, so you can do both and they both of those will come into flower next summer so sow the seed indoors start them off they'll germinate in two or three weeks put them into small pots kind of overwinter them in a protective area for the winter and plant them out in the spring or if you get plants in your local garden centre plant them into the garden soil Perfect. There's just a heaps and heaps of questions. So I apologise to people that we're not getting to. It's simply time and volume. Uh, and we're trying to work as best we can um, in order. Now, we had a question there, Porek, about um, about cauliflowers and broccoli. We did. Um, so uh, I'm just trying to find it. And they were um, splitting. They were splitting. Yeah, and they were getting split, to, split yeah. the size of a tennis ball. That's right. They were getting to the size of a tennis ball and splitting. So this is bolting in, in both... Um, Broccoli and cauliflower. cauliflower. And, is, yeah. and when you when you think of it, you're, what, what are you eating? You're eating actually the florets, the, the flower heads. And if cauliflower or broccoli get any kind of check to growth, so extremely dry weather in the springtime or excessive cold weather, the, it triggers this bolting. So the, basically what happens is the, the head splits. You get the splitting of the head and it can affect both broccoli and cauliflower. Generally when, when broccoli, when that occurs with broccoli, if you just remove the top head, it will produce lots of side heads side shoots um, so they'll be perfectly fine so the, the, the centre head may, may have split and, and be damaged but by just removing that it produces lots of, of side shoots again and with cauliflower once it bowls well, it, 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 that's it finished really you, you have to just start again and replant okay. now a great time of year like I said for planting the purple sprouting broccoli and you don't get the bolting in that as much because it's growing through the cooler temperatures of, of autumn and winter and spring um, so plant that variety it's a broccoli called redhead uh, and it's available for planting now Lovely, now we're going back to a photograph here so we have a hibiscus I believe Yeah, beautiful uh, plant Each year the flower buds on my hibiscus fall off before they open and flower Why does this happen and how can I prevent it from happening in future There's years? There's not a lot you can do Hibiscus is one of those plants that's kind of on the board It's a Mediterranean plant and it needs normally a very good summer to flower well So, mm -hmm. you know, here in Ireland particularly this year with July, August being so dull uh, Hibiscus you know, don't perform well in a in a in a dullish or in a probably a typical Irish summer. So they're one of these plants that need to be in a very bright, sunny location. Um, you know, they, they're a sort of plant. It's actually it, it there's an indoor variety of it as well, but it needs a bright, sunny summer. 
and we just didn't have it this year. So it's nothing the listener has actually done to the plant um, by pruning it or by, you know, giving it lots of feed. It's not really going to make any difference. It's just down to the growing conditions this year. So it produces the buds and then they just fall off due to the lack of temperatures. Okay. Now we have a dahlia, uh, one of two uh, that I have that's not flowering. They have buds on them, but they won't open. What have I done wrong? Well, it's not, again, this is this is more again related and the photograph is, is kind of, it looks to me like it's in a, a shaded area. It's not just getting enough light. Um, so I would say to the listener, move it into a brighter location. Um, and again, this summer just again hasn't be as con- has been conducive to the dahlias flowering as well. And particularly if it's in a shaded area as it is there. Um, now it's not too late yet. Mm. There's plenty of time for dahlias again will flower up until the end of November. Right, they continue to flower. So you know this sort of weather. Certainly yesterday, those sort of temperatures will help to encourage. And there's still lots of buds on that Yeah, like that plant. looks like a very healthy plant. Well, it's, it's very healthy, but it does need a brighter, it looks to me like it's in a shaded area there. And if you can move it, it's in a pot into a brighter location, that will certainly help it. Right. Now, we have a kind of a ravaged looking um, hosta here, Warwick, sure do. Uh, from Helena. Um, so wondering uh, what we do here, is is it diseased? Or she's taken good care of it. What would you advise? Well, Helena's uh, hosta look exactly like mine. Okay, there you go, you're in good company. <laughs> so this is just down, and I, what I actually did yesterday evening, I took the hedge trimmers to the hostas. Did you? Yeah, wow, that's cut fairly them. brutal. Uh, yeah, they've cut them right back to within kind of six inches of soil level because they, at this time of year, hostas take on a kind of a tattered, like the, the, the slugs have been on them, the snails have been on them, um, and they get a bit battered and, and bet and yeah. all that sort of thing. So they're, they're, kind of, they're at the end of the cycle now, so there's no point doing anything with them. Tidy them up, take out the hedge trimmers, trim them back or get a, a you know, a shears, shears and just tidy them back to within six inches of ground right. and, and just tie them up and, and you're, you know, next year, next they'll, year. Be, they'll come back perfectly fine again and by this time next year they'll be, be raggedy back. and beige okay. and things. So there's nothing wrong with the plants. It's just nature at its best. Okay, excellent. And you see this year we've had, we've had quite a wet July, we've had quite a wet August. The slugs and snails have been feeding and, you know, unless you're out there all the time putting on yeah. we, you know, you're or, just pick, gonna, or picking them off or yeah, whatever you're going to get a little bit of leaf damage and what about yeah, so, so that's, what? That's nature. They were fabulous uh, for yeah. for three four months of the year, and at this time of year you're kind of yeah. putting them to bed. Lovely. That's my theory on it. That's anyway. your theory. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm. That's doing. what you explain now, to everybody here, in your here's household. A, here's a tip for people that have hostas. Mm. They're a brilliant. Uh, for that combination of planting bulbs with them, and the bulbs to plant with hostas are the alliums. You know the beautiful alliums? Yes, stunning. Because if you push the alliums in now into the soil, they'll flower above the hosta in. May, June, sort of June, July sort of period next summer. So the hosta give you that lovely flush of, of beautiful variegated foliage in spring and early summer and then the alliums come up through them and flower above them and it's as if the flower that hostas are producing the, the allium flowers. It looks fantastic. So my advice is to mix some alliums, the white and the purple alliums through your hostas and they give a fabulous or you, could, or you could use daffodils or any other bulb as well but the alliums for me work really well and that's a great companion planting the alliums die back with the hostas in the autumn and the both re re-emerge the following year again okay. yeah. so when you're planting them you're really only planting them the once you're they're in and that's and, a, and, and that's an thing year on year year on year and they come back and they Fantastic. look really well together it's a lovely yeah. mix now we have a fascia japonica we do um it it, it never has why when fascia. my fascia fascia 
fatsia if with a T. Well, okay, sorry. I know the T is missing there, but yeah, it's a fats, fatsia japonica, yeah, the castor oil plant. The castor oil plant, yeah. thank you. Um, it, uh, is it, There is never a time when my fatsia japonica has clear, healthy leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and again, so this is I the castor like oil lady. plant. It's an evergreen plant. It produces really big leaves that are the size of a dinner plate. And again, when we get bit of poor weather, you'll always get a bit of marking on fatsia. The young leaves tend to be perfect and as they mature they start to get picking up little bits of marks as this one has done. Um, you need to tidy them up so any yellowing leaves, any badly damaged leaves, prune those off. Good, this is a good time of year to do them. And the feeding of fatsias, particularly in the springtime, in April and May, you, if you feed them well, you tend to get lots of lovely, healthy growth and the healthy growth is absolutely perfect. But as it ages, it gets a bit marked and it gets a bit damaged and over time you take that off. So fatsias will always have a certain amount of little markings on the leaf, small little holes in the leaves from, from um, insects visiting them. But that's the nature of the plant. That's the, that's the, beast, that's the beast of, of fatsia. Okay. Um, it's actually a plant that, that grows indoors and out of doors. And there's a lovely variety called spider's web. Fatsia spider's web. It's got variegated foliage. Um, it's a little bit more compact than the the green form and it's a really nice plant and both of them actually tolerate shade very well so there's sort of plant to plant underneath trees and remember that they're evergreen okay now we have a photograph in as well of uh, something with a seed, seed head, head. Yeah, yeah. So wondering could you identify that yeah so that's they're the arum arum lily seed heads oh, um, so they're producing them at this time of year you can actually harvest the seed and sow them you could sow them if you want some young plants Okay. Uh, now, I've put some slips of geranium rooting, but would like to know when I repot them and how I winter them. Would they be okay in the garage or better in a polytunnel also? Can I save Nemesia vanilla for next year? Thanks. Yes, you can. So Nemesia vanilla, we featured it here in the programme. This is the perennial Nemesia plant. It's not fully hardy, so leaving it out of doors, you do take a risk. So this time of year, it's a great time to take the cuttings of Nemesia and any Nemesia varieties. Vanilla is that beautiful white one with the high scent. So take some cuttings now four to five inches of short cutting root them in the rooting powder and keep them inside keeping the geraniums in the tunnel you run the risk that um, frost can get them or dampness can get them as well so to be honest I would keep the geraniums indoors on a cool windowsill maybe as you know somewhere uh, if you have a spare room a bright windowsill um, you can fit 10 or 12 cuttings in a small pot and indeed you can leave them in that pot until spring of next year they'll be perfectly fine but keeping them semi-dry during the winter and and keeping them away from frost is critically important and the tunnel will be quite damp and quite cold and you run the risk of them dying. And the garage might be a little bit too shaded so if you have ask permission and put them on a windowsill somewhere in the house. Okay, perfect. Uh, just wondering about putting info up on the sowing the winter spring flowers up on the Facebook page. A lot of info to take in, says Patricia. Well, we do have the podcast, so you can listen to that over and over and over again afterwards. Uh, I know we do cover quite a bit of, of uh, material on the programme, um, but if you check out our Midwest Radio Facebook page and follow the link to the Gardening Show podcast, you can download them and you can listen to, back to them to your heart's content. Uh, we don't usually do requests, but grandparents, Paul and Glenis in Ballymo we listen to the gardening show every weekend and oh, to say hello to them uh, now can we move, move rose bushes yet well not yet yeah. and the moving of plants if, if plants are in the ground the, you move them during the dormant season so that'll be November through till March now if you're moving roses um, prune them back to within six inches of soil level dig them up and transplant them all in the one go um, and leave that job until November so let them flower away and then 
come November, cut them hard back, lift them and transplant them. And they do they do transplant quite successfully. Okay. So it's not a problem. Okay, great. Now we've got a photograph in again of uh, uh, something. Portuguese yes, Portuguese laurel. Yeah. Sorry, we've moved on to the... It's a bit oh, yellow. Okay, here Go it on. is. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, planted Portuguese laurel lollipop in July. Lovely. Yellowing last couple of weeks. Have yeah. been watering well, but not sure if under or over watered. Have it some feed this week. I think have given it some feed this week. What should I do next? Not a thing. And I would suggest... Time. Ho- holding back on the watering. I think if you're over watering it. It looks... Uh, Portuguese laurel is not a plant that needs um, you know the soil conditions are wet at the moment it looks like it's planted in the in this garden soil and if it is there's no need to be washing there's plenty of moisture in the soil at the moment I would say for people that have plants in pots and containers keep an eye on them give them a, a drink of water in the next day or two because things have been drying out from, from that perspective but plants that are in the garden soil there's plenty of moisture there I think the listener is over watering it and that's where you're getting your yellowing the bit of feed will be perfectly fine so just leave it alone Okay. Leave great. it on. Light trimming back in the spring to keep that nice lollipop shape and feed it next spring. Uh, but you can actually overwater plants out of doors and there's no need. No need. No You're giving yourself an extra job. That's okay. unnecessary. Unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. uh, best time to, s- to plant snowdrops now? Now. Planting of all the spring flowering bulbs should do. And, and that's a point actually. Don't, don't put it on the long finger because the best selection of bulbs are available now. You visit your garden centre in a month's time there'll be nothing left. Okay. So it's all... Even if you don't plant them, even if you just get them, put them on the shelf would you know to plant, plant them? them? Plant them oh, because right, I okay. tried that and yeah, then yeah, I left yeah. it too late last yeah. year and they just, they weren't great uh, as a result. Final question, advice on garden sage. Lost a plant last winter, had kept some slips which came on well and I replanted. I now have a great health fl- healthy flowering plant. Excellent. How do I protect it for the winter? Well, the sage is generally uh, frost hardy but I mean the, it is a good idea to take cuttings from it. What it needs like, like any um, herb plant is free draining soil so plenty of gravel and grit in the soil a sunny location it's a plant that does brilliantly in pots and containers as well um, and uh, sage is never long lived if you get kind of five six years they tend to get a bit tatty and a bit old mm. so hence taking a couple of cuttings every couple of years to kind of replace the old plant is a good idea and this is a great time of year if you want herbs for Christmas for your stuffing and all, all that, that good stuff plant them now so thyme and rosemary and, and all of those you can plant them at this time of year in boxes containers Keep them somewhere handy on the patio yeah. and they're fabulous through the Christmas and period. Lovely, just to pop out and slip exactly. a few and away you go. Yeah. We're going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid. That's uh, it. So, uh, so remember, next Saturday and Sunday, we kick off with the artisan producers and the craft producers in Turlock Castle Bar. Yeah, we'll be reminding you of that we'll anyway, uh, further on down the line. And as I said, if you've missed information, do check out the podcast, midwestradio.ie. We're back again next Saturday, uh, just after nine for gardening. I'll be back a little bit earlier, just after seven. Until then, have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Good morning to you.